This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This, this hour is being brought to you by the over 700 brokerages of the Fresno Association of Realtors. Those 700 uh, brokerages are actually in competition, but they all come together in the spirit of cooperation to make a transaction work. Uh, where else do you get two diff- competing companies coming together in one transaction um, to make a buyer and a seller happy? Uh, very good form. Um, I would like to introduce our guests this morning. We have Tina Miller from Realty Concepts. How are you, Tina? Good morning, Don. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Great. And uh, we have Sherry Bush from Realty Concepts. So good morning to you. Good morning, Don. All right. This could be a good show because uh, these two are kind of witty. I happen to know them. So uh, uh, kind of, of, yeah. (laughs) But stay tuned. We'll, We'll try to get to know them better. So. Anyway, um, Tina, first of all, uh, how long have you been in real estate? I've been in real estate since 2014, so nine years. Okay. Yeah. And Sherry? Since 2015. I'm rolling up on eight. All right. Um, so you've seen a thing or two in your time, So, and those are the things we're going to talk about today. But I think we're going to focus first on helping buyers and sellers prepare for the process ahead. So why don't we first start with how does a buyer prepare for the buying process? Either one of you jump in there. Well, I think the first thing is for them to look for a lender. Someone, you know, especially if they're not planning on paying cash. A lot of people need to go out and find some financing. So looking for a local lender uh, to get pre-approval is probably the first step that I would recommend doing. And if you if you don't start with that and you have a realtor already or you look for a realtor first, then your realtor can recommend some good quality local lenders. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, that kind of helps give you some parameters to look in. If that lender says, hey, you're good to $500,000, um, then you know not to look at $600,000 homes. Oh, absolutely. We need to see where uh, our price point is. We don't want to shop for something that's out of our range. Sherry, how easy is it to get uh, pre-qualified? And I know you're not a lender, but you've seen a lot of your clients go through the process. Yeah, it's easier than somebody thinks. Um, There's lots of um, programs out there for first-time home buyers down payment assistance. Um, It's a myth that you don't have to have 20% down. You can do 0% down on some loans. And so it's easier than you think. It's just a matter of picking up the phone, calling a lender. Nowadays, you can submit all your stuff to a um, secure website. It's really, really easy. The first step is just picking up the phone and doing it. All right. Um, Where would you suggest somebody find a good lender? Ask their realtor. Ask, oh, I like that one. Ask their realtor. All right. And um, 
excellent advice. And I think that's a great place to start. Ask your realtor about the, ask your realtor who's a good insurance agent. Ask who's a good lender, who's a good home inspector. And we may give two or three or four different names, but at least that, that's a good start. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what, what happens next? We now, let's say that buyer that you referred to that local lender comes to you with this piece of paper and says, I'm good for a half million dollars. Now what do you do? Let's go shop. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, um, that that's the first step, try, finding what your price point is and then sitting down with, you know, your realtor and seeing what's out there, what's available um, in that price point and making sure that they're comfortable with that, you know, payment. Um, I think they're going to discuss that with <clears throat> their lender. So um, they should know when they come to you with their pre-approval what amount of, you know, home buying they they can afford. And just sitting down with a real estate agent, going over what's out there currently on the market and what areas you're going to be looking in, because there are different areas around Fresno and Clovis or on the outskirts um, of town, see where they want to live, what their wants are in a home. Yep, wants, needs, you know, what's important to them. Do you want a pool? Do you want a single story, two story? How many bedrooms? Educating them on, like, what's an ensuite and all the different things and we I think sometimes assume that buyers know you know what's going on when usually they come to us and they don't really understand or know the process and it's our job as realtors to educate them and make sure that they understand everything in an easy way okay start shopping and I think I know the answer to this question I'm about to ask, but it, is it okay for the clients to ask you the same question more than once or twice or three times? As many times as they need to. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I, I never, I always tell my clients, never be embarrassed to ask me anything. Always reach out. I mean, sometimes they feel like they're bugging us. And for example, they'll go to an open house or something. And they'll say, oh, I don't want to bug my realtor, so I'm just going to go do this. This is what we're here for. We want you to have representation. And we want to be with you every step of the way to explain to you and guide you along the way to make sure that you're making good, sound decisions. Because we don't want to put you in a home just to put you in a home. We want to put you in a home that you're going to be comfortable in and you're not going to have any regrets. We don't want anybody to just jump into something because they don't know what they're doing. Like we want to educate you all along the process. That reminds me, a few years back, I was sitting with a financial planner. We were talking about an annuity, and I just could not understand the concept. And um, I felt like, okay, I need to figure out how to end this conversation because I don't want to bug the guy. You know, I don't want to take up his time. I felt bad, and I didn't feel smart enough to, to continue on. And he just so calmly said, you know, we can stay here till you get it. He goes, so let's try this again. That's right. <laughs> and his name's Tom. In his uh, honor, he drew a picture for me. Once he did that, it, it all came to me. <laughs> so, so in other words, outside of real estate, I don't, I'm just the average consumer. So somebody who's not in real estate when they come to us for help, they're just the average consumer. And they, 
need to have those pictures drawn for, for, for them. I didn't know what escrow meant when I started real estate. I mean, I learned it in class. I'm like, I, don't, I bought a house. I didn't understand what escrow was. Do you know so, that was my big hang-up when I first started? I, 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 I couldn't understand the concept of escrow. But this was way back during the Iranian hostage crisis. So uh, the, the Iranians had 44 of our hostages, and we were going to give them $5 million. Um, it was a lot of money back then. But who trusted who? Who was going to give it up first? So when my broker said we use the country of Algiers as an escrow, they were a neutral third party. We deposited money to Algiers. They told Iran, hey, we got, uh, we got it, so bring your 44 hostages over. They did it, and when all was complied with, they exchanged. And as soon as I heard that, I understood escrow. Makes sense. Yes, it does. Kind of a harsh example, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, we also, realtors should also have available to clients literature. So a lot of us have buyer's books, seller's books that we can provide that explain all the different um, verbiage of real estate for our buyers and sellers to refer back to. But yes, I mean, always reach out to your realtor because they you know, are going to have the patience with you and the connection with you to help you through the process. Okay. So when you take people through the home, what, what do you encourage them to look for? Do they look for to see if all the outlets are just proper? No, not necessarily. Um, a home inspector is going to come in and do all of that for them. Primarily just looking to see if the home fits their needs, you know, their lifestyle. Do I see myself here living with my furniture in this home? Um, just try to get them imagining, you know, is this something that will work for me and my family? And does it have everything that I'm, you know, all my wants and some of my, you know, some of my needs and, and wants? Okay. Let's say they find that right house. Now what happens? They, they say, ah, I'm excited. I want this house. What happens next? Well, we're going to sit down and discuss, um, like, an offer price on it. And that's going to come through, we're going to run some neighborhood comps to kind of see, you know, where we're at because we don't want somebody to pay too much for a home. We want to make sure that we're offering a good offer. Um, if we're going to ask for anything, sometimes buyers are asking for the fridge. And I think a lot of buyers don't understand that the fridge usually isn't included. And so that's something we're going to ask for. And so we just find out what we want included in that purchase, and then we write up an offer. And then um, I always call the agent on the other side, and I find out, you know, what's going on with the market. I want to find out what's important to the seller so that I can put my buyer in the best position to get their offer accepted. And then are we going to go into what happens after that? We can after this next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Because the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us 
we have Sherry Sherry Bush of Realty Concepts and Tina Miller of um, Realty Concepts also. I've seen you two around before. Only a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Pass by your office a time or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So in the previous segment, we were talking about uh, the buying process. And we got all the way up to you write an offer for the buyer um, you call the other agent, let them know that offer's coming, and take it away. What happens next? Okay, so when you get an accepted offer, then that's when you're going to put your deposit into escrow. So you have three days to go and put that deposit in, and then we start lining up all the inspections that the buyer wants done. So home inspection, pest inspection, roof inspection, um, any inspections that they want and we go through the process and do that like ten, Tina mentioned earlier This is the time where we're going to go through the home inspectors are going to test appliances and you're going to check the roof and all those things more in depth for you and then After that is done you will have a, an appraisal um, unless it's a cash purchase um, you have the appraisal and then after that is a final walkthrough. Escrow's handling everything on that end, all of the paperwork and whatnot. And then when it closes escrow, and then it's the most exciting day, which is key day. And so we'll meet you out at the house, um, turn over your keys, and then you get to move into your new home and live happily ever after. I don't know about you, I always warn my buyers, though, that as soon as key day happens and, and escrow closes, there is something that happens that surprises a lot of people, and that is the amount of junk mail they're going to receive <laughs> triples or quadruples. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're, you're approved for another credit card. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it, and it's important to remember that brings up another good yeah. point. During the process, your home buying process, do not, you know, your lender's gonna go over this with you, but don't make any big purchases. Don't go out and buy new furniture for your home that you're, you know, that you're purchasing. Don't go buy a new vehicle. You know, there's, you hear stories all the time of, of buyers going out and making big purchases and then, you know, their loan falling through right before the close of escrow. So it's really important to, to take the advice of your lender and your real estate agent. Same goes with, sorry, the same goes with if you pay off something. Check with your lender before you pay off something because sometimes if you pay off something, it will temporarily drop your credit score and that could have an effect too. So I always have them check with your lender before you do anything. And I think a good analogy is when you're close to closing or you're in escrow, you're now inside the 10-yard line for uh, purchasing that home. And if you watch a football game, um, you're going to see that in those last couple of minutes inside the 10-yard line, the coach and the quarterback are constantly communicating. Yeah. You know, the, the quarterback doesn't just say, let me have the ball, I'll do what I want. Uh-uh. It, it's uh, coach and quarterback, and that's how loan officer, realtor, and um, uh, consumer should work yes. during an escrow. Constant communication. And I think it's important also, um, Sherry was discussing, you know, doing inspections. The buyer does have a 17-day window 
Um, that's built into the contract. You have 17 days to perform your inspections. So it gives the buyer enough time to come in, take a second or third look, you know, maybe bring, you know, their family in, you know, those that are close to them that they want to share in this with, uh, give them a glimpse of the house and just really, you know, do all your inspections to make sure this is the right house for you. Mm-hmm. And your realtor is going to guide you during that timeline. Earlier, you mentioned you put a deposit down. How much is a typical deposit? 1% of purchase price. 1%. Okay. It goes anywhere from 1% to 2%, I think, depending on... We have depending on the market. Yeah. I mean, last year, or last two years, when everything was flying off the shelves, people were putting down massive deposits and paying way over list price and waiving appraisals and all kinds of things. So I think it kind of depends on the market, how many days on the market the house has been. I mean, obviously a stronger deposit is going to strengthen your offer if you're in a multiple offer situation. But mm-hmm. typically, I mean, it's around, like Tina said, one to 2%. Okay, so why do they even need it? Why does a buyer need to put a deposit down? Well, it shows the strength of their offer to the seller. It lets the seller know that they're committed and they're serious about the purchase and it secures the property for them um, during the time of their inspection period. So during those 17 days, if they decide, hey, this property's not for me, um, then they can you know, also decide, you know, let's continue looking. Maybe if it doesn't work out, you know, we hate to see that happen, but you know, it does happen occasionally. And then they can get their deposit. Okay, so let's move to the seller. How does a seller prepare for day one of the listing? Call the realtor. <laughs> Call the realtor. Okay. And then how does the realtor coach them? You're going to hear that a lot, coaching. Oh, I like that. Well, See, you learn when you just, tune in to Welcome I, Home Radio. I like that. Don, you're coaching. Uh, I think the first step in is bringing the realtor into the home. Let's see what we have, you know, what the house has to offer. You know, uh, a lot. Sometimes sellers might assume that their house is worth more than their neighbor, or um, there's a myth that you know, hey, my house is worth X dollars per square foot, and it it doesn't work that way. Um, depending on where the home is located, depending on you know if there's what kind of upgrades in the home, th- those are the things that decide. Those are the deciding factors on what your house is going to be valued at. So it's really important that the realtor comes in and takes a look to see what what you have. So does the realtor only coach the seller on price or are there other things they coach them on? There's other, we wanna come in. For example, I have a listing coming up this spring and she wants, she's asking me, you know, are we gonna sell it as is or do we need to do some things to it and I told her when I think I need to first I need to go see it but when she was describing it to me it sounds like it needs some paint it needs some carpet those are going to be easy things to do to improve it so we'll go through and take a look at it and kind of see the condition and advise them on kind of the things that they need to do to get top dollars such as painting any upgrades staging staging homes always sell sell for more than non-staged homes. And so we offer them advice on all kinds of things to get it sold. Mm-hmm. 
So the recommendations you make would be something that would be cost effective yes. for every dollar that they spend on painting, they'll probably get $2 back in value. Uh, whereas building a second story onto the home probably wouldn't be cost effective. Correct. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about those as is sales. How effective are as-is sales? And, and let me describe as-is for this conversation. So there's some broken windows. There's the swimming pool has turned green. The roof has issues because there's uh, mold growing around the, the ceiling. Um, how? But somebody says, hey, I, just, I don't want to fix it. I want to sell it as-is. Where does that? What's the likelihood that the seller sells for top dollar? Uh, very little. <laughs> very slim. Yes. Why? And I, well, and because you're pr basically putting it on the market as a um, a flip. You're looking for someone that's going to come in and do that work for you. And those type of, in, of buyers are investors, a lot of them, and they're not going to pay top dollar. They're gonna calculate what it's gonna cost for them to come in and renovate and do the repairs necessary to make money on the purchase on the home. And so you're going to be you know, selling it to them for a lot less than you would be to a buyer if it was in you know, better condition. Yeah, and I would think too that financing would play into this. Yeah. Yes. How, how come lenders don't like homes with green swimming pools? <laughs> who does want a home with a green swimming pool yeah so why would the lender put up 97 yeah. percent of the money right yeah. yeah they're afraid that the buyer probably would would throw their arms up and and walk away the buyer a lot of times doesn't have you know they might not have the extra funds to put into a home um, right. when they purchase it so you have to take that into consideration you're you're really narrowing your your pool of buyers down mm -hmm. when you are only you know looking at selling to maybe an investor that's going to come in and do those repairs. I think it scares people too when you put as is in the MLS uh, multiple listing service. When you see one says as is, it scares the buyer right off the bat. They're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with this house? And so a lot of times they won't even go look at it unless they're a cash buyer, and that's kind of what they're looking for, and they're looking for a deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they might say, hey, I saw the pictures. But pictures are an advertisement, not a disclosure. Yes. Yeah. And our good realtor is going to coach your buyer, letting them know, you know, based on my experience, this is how much something like this would cost to bring it up to where you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you really want to put that, invest that kind of money into it right off the bat? So. All right. And it is time for our next commercial break. See, I told you this moves along quickly. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, <clears throat> 940 KYNO. I'm proud of the house we built. It's stronger than sticks, stones, and steel. It's not a big place. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Tina Miller of Realty Concepts and Sherry Bush of Realty Concepts also. And um, they're bringing their experiences here to share with us on the show today so that we can all become better consumers and better realtors and and just more knowledgeable because um 
In fact, I want to start off with some common myths about real estate. And I'm going to start off with the old, because earlier in the show we mentioned square footage price. Let's expand on that. Oftentimes people say, well, that house down the street sold for 200 bucks a square foot, so mine's got to be worth this much because of that. How how does that does that make sense, or is that just a myth? Well, we definitely hear that quite a bit in the industry from sellers, especially when they're looking at you know for their realtor to come in with a, a price pointer to give a <coughs> um, an estimate of what their home could sell for. But the accuracy there is not correct. Uh, depends on what their home offers. Do they have a swimming pool? How many bedrooms do they have? If it's the same square footage um, as something across town that doesn't have a swimming pool or as many bedrooms, then it's, you know, you can't compare the two. It's not gonna be the same, you know, price per square foot. And that makes sense because a swimming pool, the value of a swimming pool or an extra car garage or a new roof is not factored into square footage. That's correct. And so those are the things your, real, your realtor is going to be looking for when they come in. Also, you know, we're seeing owned solar now, um, you know, versus lease solar. Obviously, you know, you're not going to get on a lease, you're not going to get the same value as you would if it's owned. Um, so that plays into, you know, the square footage rule as well. Mm-hmm. I remember, Don, when I first started, I remember you uh, took a a class of us out to a home, I think it was in Madeira, and we actually measured their square footage of a house. Do you remember that? I do. That was a nightmare for me. I I could not have picked a harder house to show as an example. It It had a lot of little inlets and outlets. Yeah, two stories. I'll never forget it. That was a great class to have because it really taught me this is how, I guess that's how things were done in the past. We go out and, you know. Measure. I know why it was a great class because that house was so hard to measure. Even the second story was offset from the first. So yeah. it, uh, we, we had to do things differently. So what I think what you learned is, geez, no matter how much experience and how many years Don Scordino's been doing this, that was hard for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> and then in the MLS, I made sure I put the wording approximately in there for square footage. Oh my gosh. That's important. Yes. Right. Um, let me let me throw out another common myth that's out there, and we touched on this a little bit earlier in the show. But I don't want to bother my realtor until I'm really ready to buy or sell. So. Is that a myth or, or is that something that they should follow? Like, ah, I better not call them until I'm ready to write that deposit check. No, 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 no. That's absolutely. We want to hear from you. We want to be there with you every single step of the way. Um, I want to be bothered. I enjoy talking to my clients and helping them. So, no, please reach out to us and bother us. You're, you're never a bother. So I don't even strike that word from our vocabulary. You're never a bother. Um, this is what we're here for. And please take advantage of us and use us. That came out so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and a lot of times we're forming relationships with our clients 
early on, like maybe a year or two in advance. You know, we might be talking to our clients well before they decide to list their home, giving yeah. them advice along the way. So, yeah. So it's that consultant or coach that they're getting with their realtor, not so much a salesperson. Right. Yeah. No. We, we want to be there. We want to get to know you. We want to get to know your wants, your needs, and how we can help you get from point A to point B with as the least amount of stress as possible. I mean, we just want to guide you through that process. And, I mean, I'll look at homes until Jesus comes with you if that's what it takes. I mean, mm. we absolutely love what we do, and this is what we're here for. Okay, let me throw out another common myth. My cousin's best friend has a real estate license in Los Angeles, so I think I'll get her to help. How, how does that work here in the Central Valley? It's always best to get a local realtor that knows the pulse of the market in the local area that you're looking to buy. Someone in Los Angeles, you know, a real t I know you want to probably give business to your family and you trust them, you know them but they're really not gonna have the pulse of the market here in Fresno. And that's why it's really important to find a, a local real estate agent that, that does know what's going on here locally. Yeah. And knows, how's the relations with the other local agents? Ooh, I like that part. Yeah, your agent has to be, have a, be known to the other agents who will probably be selling that yes. home. Yeah, and it gives you, kind of an edge on competition when you have that relation and you can call them up and you can ask them about you know the listing that they might have and get information from them um, so it is important to work with someone that has those connections and the knowledge of the local real estate I recently had a past client call and said you know and they sold here in Clovis and then moved to Lake Elsinore and now five years later, they want to sell that home. Um, and they wanted me to be the listing agent. Oh. She goes, I know your license throughout California, so I know you can do it. <clears throat> I said I could, but I wouldn't be very good. First of all, I have no idea on values. I have, um, uh, and, and then the other realtors, they're going to look at it and say, who in the world is this Scordino guy out of Fresno? Uh, so it would not have worked well for him. So what I did was I referred them to a local realtor that I had spoken to first who I felt was on top of the game and um, yeah. wor working out. And a lot of local brokers <clears throat> offer relocation services. So your agent probably has some kind of relocation services within their brokerage that you know, they can refer you out to that way as well. And you can still be involved in the transaction, you know, watching out for their best interests. Yeah, I really like that relocation thing, um, that service. Um, I've helped my son buy in Florida, my nephew in Alaska. Um, it, it all, but it goes internationally too. I just... Yeah. Uh, well, and also... We've heard recently of people that might have sold their home here locally within the last couple of years and moved out of state, you know, maybe to one of those states that were bringing an influx of people in at, you know, certain times. 
but then they decide maybe that's not the place for them to live after all. Maybe they don't like the climate that they moved to. So now we're seeing some of them coming back into the area. So again, that's another you know <coughs> service that we can offer them with re through re relocation. While we were talking about that, it hit me that I haven't had any international ones yet, but that's because my family's from Italy and they don't move over there. My cousins, they say that the home they're in has been in their family for over 200 years. Oh. Yeah. So that's not good for the real estate market back there. <laughs> well, unless you want to buy a vacation home there one day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not a bad idea. All right, let's go to another common myth. Um, the first offer is always the best offer. What's your comments on that? Yeah, that's not necessarily always true. Um, especially if it's really low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we see that a lot too. You know, you especially if you have investors out there that are already looking, or people that are you know have been looking for a while, <clears throat> and they feel like, hey, I'm going to get my offer in first because you know likely they're going to look at it, and maybe if no other offers come in, they'll feel obligated to take mine. But that's that's not necessarily true. We don't we don't see a lot of sellers. Um, going with the first offer. They're going to wait and, you know, look to see what other, other offers come in and they're going to be coached by their, you know, real estate agent, by their realtor and go over all the offers because there might be um, other, other things within the offer besides price. There might be terms that are more acceptable for the seller depending okay. on their needs. Yeah, that's right. In an offer, there's price, time, and terms, and they're all important. Yes. All right, let's go to another myth, and we're seeing this in advertisements a lot right now, and that is some lenders, usually your out-of-area uh, national lenders are saying, hey, uh, put your home equity to use because people have equity in their homes right now. So, you know, if you're maybe you bought the home for 200,000 and now it's worth 400,000, borrow it, take your equity out to the max and pay off your credit cards, pay off, uh, go buy a boat, whatever you want, enjoy your equity. How is that good and bad? I'm not a big fan of taking equity out of my house to finance anything. I want my equity, I mean, from a personal standpoint, I want my equity to stay in my home for as long as possible so I can use that equity to now upgrade to a bigger home. So if I've gone out and used my equity to purchase a boat and I don't know, I my grandkids need to move in with my family and I need to go to a bigger house, I'm now going to be stuck because I went and bought a boat with my equity instead of rolling that into, that's how people upsize. Like for her first time home buyers come in, they buy their house and they buy something small that they can afford. And then down the road, we're gonna upgrade, they turn around and use that equity to put into that bigger house. Yeah, and I would think that that would definitely be one of the positives to an equity loan. If you're, depending on what you're using it for, are you using it to do upgrades to your home um, that will increase the value or are you using it to buy you know a motorcycle or a vehicle which you're gonna be paying on that for how many years to come down the road 
you know it's not free money you will have to pay it back and that's a big thing people need to look at is that when you finance a home it's usually for 15 to 30 years whereas a car loan might be three to five years so yeah you may be be paying if you do it with your home you may be paying on the car that you owned two cars ago (laughs) a while back yes What's the average amount of time that a home owner stays in their house, do you think? I've heard five to seven years, but I think it's a little longer now um, for, for various reasons. So I, let me just say seven to ten years. Okay. I made that up, by the way. Did you? Yeah. Sounds but I'll, I'll yeah. bet I'm right. Oh, well, we're going to check it when we leave here. All right. Well, while everybody's doing the fact checks on me, uh, we are going to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, here in the studio with us. We have Tina Miller and Sherry Bush, of both of Realty Concepts. Now, do you two work as a team or do you work independently or both? Sorry, we work independently, um, but we are very good friends. We bounce a lot of ideas off each other, and I think we're both super excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, you know, being on Welcome Home Radio has got to be the highlight of somebody's Hour. Monday morning. <laughs> my week, Don. My yes. whole week. The whole week. All right. I know you've been excited about it the whole time. Let's go back to people leveraging their home. They bought a home for two hundred thousand. They now owe, let's say, hundred and eighty thousand. The bank tells them, "Oh, uh, we can get you a loan of four hundred thousand dollars." Uh, pull that cash out. You're going to have $220,000 hot cash in your pocket to do whatever you want. Pay off those credit cards. Uh, Go out to a nice dinner. Uh, Buy a boat. All right. Sounds great. Well, buyer beware, right? Um, Just be careful of, of those, you know, lenders are calling probably right now because, um, refis are down really no one's refinancing due to the rate increase so there's a lot of lenders out there calling buyers or you know uh, asking if you know they would like to take out um, an equity loan and I think back in the day what 2008 2009 we saw a lot of people taking out equity uh, loans or prior to that taking out equity loans buying motorcycles or vehicles or you know various things and then when it came you know time time to pay for it uh their their loans went up their payment amounts went up and they couldn't afford it so um, another rule of thumb is to make sure that whatever loan you're taking out if you are taking an equity loan out that it and you're putting it into the home somehow that it's within the same um loan time frame as what your current mortgage is Mm -hmm. you don't want it being longer than you know your current mortgage yeah that's a good point you don't want to um, 
pay for the next 30 years on paint. Because <laughs> the paint's probably, hopefully, not going to last that long. Yes. Uh, and, and maybe you get good quality paint, but trust mm, me, yeah. the styles will change. <laughs> expensive paint. All of a sudden, earth tones are no longer cool. Now you got to go gray. <laughs> I like yeah. gray. I think, is that the color? No, this year, the color, we saw it recently. Oh, color of the year, it's like a green moss. green. Yes. Ah, so green. yeah, you're Sherman right. Sherman Williams color. Of the yeah, area. yeah. We'll get and, back to you know, that. we we love to. I don't know about you guys, but I love to change the the color of my home often, more uh, often than more often than every five years, I would say. So then, my recommendation to you, Tina, is if you pull cash out of the equity of your home, make sure your new loan is amortized for three years, yes. not thirty years. <laughs> Correct. Uh, okay, that was a little <laughs> facetiousness in there. <laughs> All right, so t give us the current market. Why is now, should somebody be buying right now? Absolutely. Jinxy. <laughs> Absolutely, you should be buying. Yeah, right you two now. jinxed one another by answering at the same time. I know. You're going to have to share the airtime. <laughs> Okay. okay. So you go, Sharon. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Tina. We're not. I'm gonna have to point fingers to. Okay. <laughs> so no, it's a good time to buy right now. I always say the best time to buy is when you can afford. Interest rates are still low. They're not two percent like they were a couple of years ago, but that was not a normal market. I feel like now we're in more of a normal market. Um, it's absolutely a good time to to buy right now. Buyers have more opportunities. There's more. Um, inventory coming on the market. Sellers are making concessions now. They're offering closing costs. They're offering to buy down the interest rates. It's just, it's an easier environment right now for the buyers. Buyers can find, really get into homes that they love. You know, there's, there's more um, opportunity for them right now. Um, they're not having to overbid by, right. you know, 20, 30, 40,000 to get the home that they want. I have a friend who sells real estate in the Los Angeles area. He said he saw a few cases where they bid $200,000 over the asking price That's and were happy to get it. Yeah. So. It probably wasn't a very big house either, huh? What was it? Like oh, a no. Cracker box? <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, but it was by Wilshire Boulevard, so <laughs> it's got to be worth money. So... How does somebody know that it's the right time for them to buy? How does somebody know it's the right time for them to buy? I mean, if I think the first step is going to be if they've spoken with a lender and gotten their pre-qualification. So now they know, like, what their credit score is. They know what they're going to pre-qualify for. They have the money in the bank. They're good to go. I mean, again, if, if you can afford it, absolutely the best time either that or they're tired of paying rent yeah 100 percent interest on that how much has rent gone oh, up yeah you know a lot. in the last year especially and they have you know they work they have a, a good job that they've mm -hmm. been at uh, they should really consider looking into purchasing so i like what both of you said uh at the same time once again but you were both speaking at the same time <laughs> but sherry was saying when you can afford it and 
Tina mentioned about when when you uh, you know how much is rent if you're renting uh, and you can afford it that's a good time to buy yes rents have really gone up um, but I'm this is not all just greed on the part of the landlord uh, I just had to as a landlord I just had to uh, replace a water heater and the cost of replacing the water heater was two times what it was just three or four years ago the last time I had to do another house so you know costs have really gone up for the landlords too not to mention insurance property taxes um, and all that stuff so um, yeah you can fix your housing cost with a fixed rate mortgage for a home when you buy it when you rent uh, it's a temporary thing month to month even year to year if it's a lease year to year but yes. still that's a reset on your housing cost yes and not only that but why not invest in your own home and your own real estate and make that an investment for yourself versus paying off your landlord's investment mm-hmm okay good point because when you buy and you have a mortgage there is an end in sight uh, on the horizon you, you're you, what you owe is going to go away but rent doesn't work that way if you're renting there is no horizon mm -hmm. Ooh. Ooh, i don't know if i like that one or not <laughs> although i will say this renting is the right thing for some people yeah. those people that are a little more mobile uh, i remember a, a young employee came to me one time said this is the year I'm gonna buy I said why don't you wait until you can stay in one place more than five months <laughs> you know they were they, they were young and um, just still mobile mm -hmm. um, okay as we close out the show I want to ask you both let's start with you Sherry what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's discussion a couple things um, that it's easier to buy than you think. <coughs> you just have to get out there and make that phone call, speak to a local lender, do your research, um, speak to your friends and neighbors, get a good realtor referral. And please bug us. We want you to bug us. That's what we're here for. All right. I like that. Tina, how about you? Well, I would say it's a great time to buy. Even though we're hearing a lot of other things in the news right now, don't be deterred by that. Um, this is a great time to get into real estate and to make a purchase. There's always people that are gonna need to sell one way or another for one reason or another, whether they're relocating, they're wanting to buy up, or you know they're having to downsize. There's always going to be um, people needing to sell their homes, and this is a great time for buyers. Yeah, I've seen that. Even in really, really tough markets, there's always somebody that needs to sell and somebody that needs to buy or really, really wants to sell and really, really wants to buy. With those thoughts, uh, we're coming to the end of our show. I want to thank both of you for uh, helping out today. Especially want to thank our listeners for tuning in every Saturday. We'll be back again next week. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Thank you. <laughs>